0: Beautiful people, I hope you are having a great day. I am Leah and let's talk all things Formula 1. I am so, so happy to finally start this podcast and be able to talk about what I love most. 20 cars going around the track with 10 teams, 20 different personalities and all the different stories in the paddock. Of course, I am talking about Formula 1. Hi, I'm Leah, sitting in my room with my tiny mic talking all things Formula 1. Every week we will be debriefing what is happening in and around the F1 paddock and most importantly what is happening on the racetrack. Thank you for going on this journey with me and let's get started. Formula 1 made its stop in Singapore last week for the Singapore Grand Prix, the most challenging race on the F1 calendar and oh yes it was a packed week in and out of the car. First of all, Silly Season isn't really silly this time around, but we do have another confirmed driver lineup for the 2024 season as Alfa Romeo is extending Joe Guanyu's contract, so both Joe Guanyu and Valtteri Bottas will drive for the team in the next season, and Theo Pucher stays on the bank as a reserve driver. And there are also new rumors surrounding Mick Schumacher's future, as there isn't really a chance for him to get in another Formula One seat anytime soon. There are sources saying that Mick is in talks with Alpine to join the sports car program and race in the World Endurance Championship and in events like the 24-hour race in Le Mans. Nothing is official yet, but I do find these rumors very very interesting and I would want to see Mick behind a racing car wheel rather sooner than later. We have to be realistic, except for Mercedes supporting him, there aren't really any openings for a driver like Mick in Formula 1 right now, as most of the teams are set and even though Mercedes is supporting him they also can't do magic, so it may be the best for Mick to join another motorsport series for a while, show his talent and then come back to Formula 1 at a later point. So we will definitely keep an eye on those Alpine rumors. And talking about Alpine, have you noticed that we still don't have a new team principal for the Formula 1 Alpine team? After the summer break, the topic just vanished. Alpine is still racing with interim team principal Bruno Fermin and there are no official public talks of a new principal, except for the rumors a few weeks ago that Mattia Binotto could take over, but somehow we haven't heard anything new about the Alpine management. So there's definitely something going on in the background when we are waiting so long for any official announcement. Before we talk about the race itself, there's one topic and person I want to talk about, Helmut Marko. Helmut has been criticised these past weeks for his racist and xenophobic comments regarding Jaco Paris. I already made a video on what I think about that, so go check out my TikTok at leahstinymike. But there's one more thing I want to say. I love Formula One and I'm no Red Bull fan, but I have huge respect and admiration for Max Verstappen and Christian Horner. But the team and Formula One in general downplayed and ignored the whole thing as it was unfolding in the last week, just until now, as the FIA has given Helmut Marko a written warning to remind him of his responsibilities as a public figure under the FIA ethics code. The Red Bull drivers are the last people who should need to comment on the situation, but Checo has revealed in Singapore that Helmut Marko has apologized to him in private Later on, the Red Bull company also issued a public apology from Helmut Marko. But all this happened days after the original public comments and the outbreak online, and it's even more disturbing as it isn't the first time that Helmut made such comments. It is the task of Red Bull Racing and Formula 1 to criticize and call out behavior like that as the sport wants to send for inclusivity and open minds and Christian Horner's explanation on why Red Bull Racing didn't say anything is also very poor. He said Helmut isn't part of Red Bull Racing so not Red Bull Racing but the bigger Red Bull company issued the comment. Well, first of all, said apology only came days after the incident, and second of all, Helmut may not be an official Red Bull Racing employee, but he is a public figure in the paddock speaking for Red Bull Racing almost as loudly as Christian Horner is doing as the team principal. So I believe that Bull Racing should have been more louder and clearer in their position against such racism and not wait for it until they are actively questioned in the paddock. Well, enough of my rant and paddock talk, let's talk racing and what a race it was at the Singapore Grand Prix. Red Bull's record week was put to an end, a Ferrari win, Mercedes with a happy and a sad face, and so many underdogs, there's a lot to unpack. The biggest news of the week, the Red Bull madness, and yes, I in mean the one on the racetrack. It all started in free practice, where both Max and Shaco had problems with the car and Max was really, really frustrated. Against all expectations, the problems continued into qualifying as the Big Red Bull family qualified from P15 to P10 with the Alpha Tauris of Lawson and Sunoda in P10 and P15, Former Red Bull drivers Gasly in 12 and Alex Albon in 14th place and the big shock, Max was in P11 being knocked out by Liam Lawson in the AlphaTauri, and Paris qualified in P13. Red Bull found themselves in the middle of the pack this weekend as both drivers complained about balance and bottoming out, so the changes on the car didn't work out for them how they liked. With all that being said, Red Bull was still fast, but not fast enough in Singapore, with Max in 5th and Checo in 8th position. On the race on Sunday, but we will definitely see their revenge in Japan next week, I am sure of it. But one thing I want to say about Max, yes, he is very angry on the radio when things don't go his way, but in the paddock he is so sweet and reasonable. He was very calm and objective in the media pen, and very sweet with the drivers like Lando and Liam Lawson, who scored his first points this weekend and outqualified Max. So I don't really understand any of the hate on Max other than people being jealous of him dominating the sport as everyone can have the time. We had a Mercedes domination, now we have a Red Bull domination. Stop hating on the drivers for being good at their job. Talking about Liam Lawson, I mean, what a weekend he had. He is so impressive, I'm so sad for Daniel for missing the races, but his seat being given to Lawson just showed how talented the young driver is. In Monza he was p11 not far from the points and today he scored two points in p9 after qualifying in p10 and then losing a few places at the start. He is so well-spoken and really, really an impressive rookie, and his interviews really show that he is hungry for more, so he definitely deserves a permanent seat. And I would say the Red Bull house with Red Bull and Alpha Tauri will see some changes next year, but I'm not sure who needs to go, but as of right now, performance-wise, I would say Checo Perez definitely has problems in his seat. He has been inconsistent in quality, that's one thing, but he's also making mistakes in races. Like, for example, the situation with Albon in the race, or taking Yuki out of the race by colliding with him. He is squeezing himself in places when there is no space and with an experienced driver with 250 Grand Prix to his name, mistakes like that shouldn't happen frequently. Whether it is squeezing into drivers or spinning on Shrek or qualifying out of the top 10 in a rocket ship like the RB19 is, Checo's performance really does need to take a step up. So, I think we may see a driver change in the Red Bull house next year, because except for Max, I think no one is safe, as the history has shown, and I think if Jaco Paris were driving for Alfa Tauri, he would have received the same treatment as Nick de this season, but as he has played a huge role in Max Verstappen's world championships, he is safe for this season, but I wouldn't cross out him leaving after the season if this inconsistent streak continues. Enough of the usual best of the best team this season, let's focus on the best of the rest, which has definitely outshone Red Bull as soon as they got an opportunity in Singapore. First, the winners of the weekend, Scuderia Ferrari. There is so much to talk about. First of all, congrats to Carlos, his second Grand Prix win ever. He has been the dominant driver all weekend, topping the free practices, getting pole position and winning the race. So he definitely deserves the win. He was a great strategist in the race with a 500 IQ, letting Lando get DRS in second place to hold off the Mercedes and in the end helping both him win and Lando getting P2s. So we didn't only get a Ferrari win, breaking Red Bull's record streak. We also have Carlando on the podium and they are so darn cute together. I just love their friendship. With all the happiness in Ferrari, there's also Charles Leclerc and he definitely was the team player this week and he lost out on it. He struggled a bit more with the car in Singapore and qualified in P3 behind George Russell and his teammate on pole. In the end, in the race, he was P4, just like in Monza, but there was definitely more in him. At the start of the race, he put the soft tyres to the best use, going up to 2nd place, holding back the pack to let Carlos build a gap in the first place. Everything worked great until Logan Sergeant's crash brought out a safety car and almost all driver pitted and there was a lot of traffic. Ferrari double-stacked and while Mercedes did a perfect double-stack, Ferrari again had problems with Carlos out front, everything went smoothly, he stayed first but Leclerc had a 5.7 second pit stop and a lot of traffic making him fall back to 6th place and then for the rest of the race he just tried to do the best he could as Ferrari focused on signs and Leclerc had to work with his tyres for another 40 laps as Ferrari didn't let him pit again later under a virtual safety car. Mercedes and McLaren definitely were fast, but I think that there could have been a Ferrari double podium if the first safety car phase was maximized and if we had better pit stops, but that's a general Ferrari problem. I don't see the drivers being a problem at Ferrari. I see all the hate online, also on Twitter or X or whatever it's called now, towards Charles and it's just ridiculous. And one tweet I found it's from Ellie at Listappen's wife. I love this name. It says, "So Monza." When Charles was fighting for the podium with Carlos, he was a bad teammate and selfish. But this week, when he played the team game and helped him win, he's been spin- spineless and has no self-respect. Decide, please, because this is getting ridiculous. The tweet just summarizes the whole nonsense surrounding Charles leclerc is a phenomenal driver very fast with intelligent driving and yes he pushes the car to the limit and sometimes it's too much but why are you hating on the driver when there's a whole team responsible for the performance Yes, the driver drives the car and he's the most important part in the championship, but if Leclerc's fight last year for the world championship has shown us anything, it's that the team and the driver need to function as a whole, like for example Red Bull is doing this season, to get the best results. And, on the same note, I don't want to hear any hate on Carlos for winning. He drove a phenomenal race and maximized the car. Leclerc has said after the race that it was planned with Ferrari to let him be the team player in the Singapore race, and yes, it could have been handled better, but don't hate on Carlos or talk nonsense of him and Charles, and we don't know what is happening behind closed doors, and Ferrari definitely has a plan. It may not look like the best right now and there's a lot of work to do but both drivers are trying to maximize everything they have in this difficult season and wins like in Singapore and Charles Leclerc's podiums throughout the season show that Ferrari can fight at the top again. It just needs time and a better strategy but I believe Fred and the drivers and the team are working on it. Although Ferrari won and Red Bull was a shocker, one team that did look like a winner for quite a long stint in the race is Mercedes. But while Hamilton could cheer on the podium with P3, George Russell's weekend turned from great to possible greatest to worst of the worst. George qualified in second place, Hamilton in P5, and Mercedes had a great strategy, letting both drivers go up to P3 and P4 with new tires, looking set to win the race in the last few laps. But as they both battled themselves, since Hamilton in fourth was faster and pushing, while Russell tried to overtake Norris to get to signs. George drove into the wall on the last lap, ending all of his dreams and going out of the race without any points, and I was devastated for him. He looked like he wanted to cry in the post-race interviews and it really really was just a small mistake a few centimeters that cost him and the team largely. So a very small margin at Mercedes today between sadness and anger on George Russell's side and happiness on Hamilton's side. But it really looked like a Mercedes would win in the end for the last two laps if Mercedes hadn't started to fight themselves. And finally, a great but overlooked team this weekend, McLaren. Lando Norris drove so great that he was in P2 and on the podium in the end with his friend Carlos Sainz, but no one is talking about him with all the Ferrari and Mercedes mess happening around him. His car was the only one out of the two McLarens with the new upgrades and they are definitely working as he was flying on that podium. And even more impressive, his rookie teammate Oscar Piastri. He qualified in P17 as he couldn't improve in Saturday's Q1 after Lance Stroll crashed, but even without the upgrades he put that McLaren to a use and made up 10 places, driving into the points and on P7. I definitely am an Oscar fan and he is the rookie of the year. He is so impressive, challenging Lando in his fifth year with McLaren and driving stable into the points and I think he will be on the podium before the season ends. I cannot say the same for rookie Logan sergeant, whose contract extension in the Williams is definitely up in the air and it is getting thinner and thinner, as he again DNF'd in Singapore after he drove into the barriers. There are so many mistakes happening in his driving, he hasn't once driven into the points and only qualified in the top 10 once. Next to 3 he is looking very bad and he's costing Williams with his mistakes. So although he brings money and sponsors into the team, I believe he won't have a seat next season. As gutted as I am for the rookies, who don't have much time to adjust, as Nick De Vries story this season has shown. But they need to deliver to get contracts and Logan isn't delivering on the track right now. Ending this podcast on a positive note, my underdog is Kevin Magnussen. Not only is he a very nice and unproblematic driver, he drove a really good race in Singapore considering he is driving a Haas whose weaknesses such as tire degradation once again were tested in the most challenging race on the calendar, but in Singapore both Haas's qualified in P6 and P9 but lost out in the race start. Magnussen stayed in the points as Hulkenberg protected him from behind, but after battling with Gasly for position, he fell back into P15, and when everyone thought the Haas' race was over, Kevin Magnussen pitted again under the virtual safety car and got one point home in P10, bouncing back on new tyres. Definitely a good day for him, considering the circumstances. We are driving in Suzuka next weekend, one of the favourites of many drivers on the calendar and a special and emotional weekend for all Leclerc and Jules Bianchi fans. It is said to be an interesting weekend as the fight for the best of the rest is getting tighter and tighter as Ferrari, McLaren and Mercedes are getting stronger. Only one thing is sure. Red Bull will definitely come back in style, so Singapore may have been the only chance for the other teams to shine on the top. Daniel Ricciardo still isn't driving as he is recovering from his seven fractures in his hand, so Liam Lawson will still be in the AlphaTauri car, but we will see Lance Stroll again as he set out this race after his big crash in qualifying, leaving him sore from the big impact. We have reached the end of this first episode of my new podcast – Thank you for being here and listening. If you enjoyed your time, please follow Leia's tiny mic for more and I will hear you next week for a new episode of Let's Talk Formula One.